I have do you a have local storage recording. Space? Do you have going. a storage space because somehow even yes, the, in the six I, hard drives. Oh yeah, yeah, I you checked did it. it. Oh wow, I checked okay, it already good. before oh, we started. Good. Oh yeah, you did the yeah. thing you're supposed to do. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. I did. I did the thing I'm paid to do. Mm-hmm. Shittily. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm paid shittily. Um, pay quite well. Pay yeah. quite well to do it shittily. This is this is, this yeah. is the bulk of my income. Uh, this is. Thank you is they the discontinue this? Bacardi One Fifty One? Jesus Christ! That's that's uh, a crime. How how why would they discontinue how Bacardi One? Like, how are uh, you supposed to? How did we discontinued yeah. in 2016? I didn't know. How are, I always used Everclear. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, that, that rum that rum is a great great way to make a, a wide variety of terrible decisions when you're nineteen. <laughs> or it's cause other state. people to make terrible decisions when you're yeah, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. It's what kind of big government shit is this that Joe Biden's taking away your like hundred and fifty proof rum? Maybe right. maybe they Well Donald Trump took it away, twenty sixteen. They shifted uh, production back to Havana, and then they reinstated the embargo. Now we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, Cuba, Cuba, just like thriving with cigars and rum. Um, yes, I mean, how am I supposed to play my favorite my favorite drinking game? Is this one fifty one or is this apple juice? <laughs> Damn it! Hello and welcome to Well, there's your nope, problem. Nope, not yet. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> no. Do we want to wanna, like procrastinate for now? Hello and welcome to Well, there's your problem. Uh, fucker. <laughs> I know. We're, we're, we're back. It's 2024. Um, it's been oh, we got to do bit, back to back too. Yeah. So I know it's been a hot minute. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, it's actually this. been cold because it's been winter. It's been a it's cold, cold been that, minute. Been few that minutes. Cold. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we're but we're back to deliver another sad and angry episode. Yes. Um, we we um we 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 don't run on a schedule because we're um bad at organ or i'm bad at organizing things let me let me be clear um <laughs> I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to like organize us by force this year this is the, yeah. sort of the mission you know the irresistible force against the unmoving object <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get a bomb collar for you like suicide That's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> we we will record an episode of podcast yeah uh tonight um yes but yeah, so uh, this is this is one that Liam and I largely wrote in a kind of like furious, haphazard, haphazard yeah. way. Um, Much like the uh, structure we're going to discuss here. That's yes. right. Uh, the Oakland ghost ship warehouse fire. Well, hold um, on, we have to do the actual introduction first. Hello and welcome up. to Well, There's Your Problem <laughs> podcast. I'm Justin Rosniak. I'm the person who's talking right now. It's a podcast about engineering disasters with slides. Okay, I I, I did that out of order. Anyway, pronouns, go. pronouns. What do you pronouns? Pronouns. He and him. Fuck Jesus! <laughs> yeah. I am Alice uh, Goldwell Kelly. My pronouns are she and her. I am the person who is speaking now. Yay, Liam. Fuck. Hi. Yay, Liam. My pronouns are he and him. And uh, for my coworkers, hello. I promise this is going to be very professional. I I I missed you guys. I missed this. Um, and you know, uh, we we took we took some time off over over winter. Liam got married, which congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very um, much. And and now we're I back got into coronavirus. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody got something. Yeah. You have you have you know? the immune system of of a toddler. Mm. I, I I guess so. Yeah, you gotta stop like uh, like licking door handles door knots, like other yeah, people's like masks. Rudy Gobert, I yeah. Don't know where I got it from. Genuinely, I because mean, even the one time I could think of where I was in a situation where there'd be a lot of ambient coronavirus in the air would have been on M Track, 
And the Amtrak train I took back home, since I could game the system, I took the Piedmont, which doesn't let anyone on after Washington Union Station. So not only did it cost 60 bucks because it was subsidized by the state of North Carolina, one good thing they've ever done. Um, it was done. also completely empty the whole way. I had a whole car to myself and one yeah, other person. I don't know. So I don't Some, know where I got the coronavirus from. <laughs> sometimes it just gets you. And I, I refer back to a tweet that I did that, like, when you get COVID, you should get, like, a Call of Duty kill cam where you should see the, like, virus yeah. go into your body. Yeah. Or the guy who got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Down. You, you should get, like, a sort of marker in your in your sort of, like, objectives. Your with inventory. The sort of, yeah, with the assassination <laughs> coordinates of the guy who gave you COVID. Right. Yeah, I'd probably, like, pat someone on the street near Alexandria Union Station who just super infected me out of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. still make overproof goslings? Uh, yes, they do. Thank okay, God. Good. <laughs> good. Our, our long national nightmare of uh, a lack of overproof rum has well, been alleviated. So- so this summer, I, I am I am doing the Roz torture gambit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, does gonna, this have to do with the bomb collar? It does, but it also has to do with making him drink tiki drinks until he feels bad. Oh, okay. This is going to dovetail well with my so far pretty good streak of keeping the alcoholism under control this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's not until the summer. you got plenty of time to rest this up. Right. <laughs> Non-alcoholic tiki drink hellscape. Um, yeah. yeah. What I, you see uh, on the screen before you is a two-story warehouse. Um, yes. In, oh, is it? Oh, in, is in, it? <laughs> it's a no-story warehouse. It's the shell of a two-story <laughs> warehouse. Yes. Uh, in in Oakland, California, and it's not supposed to look like that. It should have a roof at least. That's it. Shouldn't yeah. be so burned. Shouldn't mostly. look like yeah. that. But uh, we're gonna get into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, first, we have to do the goddamn news. I'm so proud of my captions for these ones. Nails, <laughs> nails, nails, nails. Yeah, so uh, Boeing, once again, uh, have fucked it. You know, fucked like, yeah, you're totally, not allowed to totally make fun of Airbus it. anymore. You're not allowed to do the die by wire thing because now the wings fall off your planes. You <laughs> know? If, it, if, it, if it ain't Boeing, I'm, I'm going. You know? Pretty satisfied, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 that's what you get. I mean, that's listen, man, I've been crammed into enough American Airlines Airbuses to just like accept my fate at this point. Mm. I flew on a 737 to and from my honeymoon. It was just about the worst thing I'd ever experienced. And I didn't get uh, my, my uh, door blown off halfway through flight. <laughs> listen, <laughs> it's, it's Boeing de jure, but it's McDonnell Douglas de facto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is the uh, chaos but, play. <laughs> Boeing, Boeing, are trying to like uh, roll out the Max brand again, and this was uh, a, a Max Nine, which is the yeah. smallest, the new Max. an auspicious start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they supplied it in a bunch of configurations, uh, one of which had this door that you see before you. Uh, but like, if you didn't need it, they would just like plug it closed, and it would just be like straight fuselage, right? Um, right? And an Alaska Airlines plane, uh, on taking off, uh, the door falls off, which it's not supposed to do. You, no. you want the door to stay on the plane so that the plane stays pressurized. Ideally. Um, and this depressurized the plane, and they were lucky that this happened uh, as they were climbing, because they could descend very quickly, and uh, someone got their shirt sucked off, like, a couple of people got their phones sucked out, 
the yeah, seat. At the, the phone landed intact, still in airplane mode, still at the baggage claim uh, screen. You don't want to hand it to Apple, but you do kind of have 16,000 yeah, feet, that, that's that pretty was fucking probably, impressive. That was all the Otterbox. Yeah. Let's get real. <laughs> it's like that guy's Toyota that survived the California wildfires, and Toyota was like, not to do any free advertising, but the the the, the taco is an indestructible truck, assuming you get the mm-hmm. right model. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, no, no. I I mean, uh, Autobox, I, I switched between Autobox, Griffin Survivor, and now I have a Peak design case on there that I never used the little, like, magnet thing on, uh, but I have no confidence in its sort of, like, plane crash surviving abilities. Oh, I have, I have a lot. So when I was uh, younger, I had a habit, this may not shock the listeners, of throwing phones at walls. Uh, this is mm. before I had psychiatric health Game and therapy. Moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I just, you know, and uh, now I have a, I have a lovely, uh, my OtterBox, the clear cases don't hold up, but I've clear, currently got a, what I can only describe as a very vibrant, what would you call that, lilac? Mm. Uh, I, I, I would say the mood for me, and I, I think I need to, I had this period in my life where I'm like, because of how good the Peak Design camera straps are, everything in my life now needs to be integrated into the Peak Design system. And then I found all the bits of the Peak Design stuff that don't work for me, like the phone case. And I think what I need to do now is to go back to the the Griffin case, which is like big and bulky, it clips onto a belt clip like you're a dad, and it makes you feel like a cop. And because I, if you uh, want to feel like a cop, you cannot do better. That's my recommendation. There you um, go. You should see Roz's phone because he's got the fucking screen protector. Just I wouldn't even say half on there still. It, it's, <laughs> it's it like is it, gradually sloughing off. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, yeah. I haven't and bothered. just like I tried no. to convince Roz to buy a new cell phone, and it just went. You're the oldest thirty year old I've ever met. I don't. I, I don't need it. a new phone. It works you do fine. Need, no, you no. You just need to get better at answering phone anyway. calls and text messages. Th- thank yeah. God, right? There yes, was no one sitting. Yeah, there was no one so sitting in the seat next something? to the. <laughs> there was no one sitting in the seat next to the like door that blew off. Otherwise, they would have been like surely sucked off to a fatal end, right? Uh, um, if they had their seatbelt on, they probably would have been fine. I mean, the seat's still there. You got yeah, the seat still that. there. That's, yeah, that's that's integrity. Uh, maybe they should just build the whole plane out of the seats. I mean, they had this thing where, like, with another Boeing, I think it was another Boeing Max actually, where like a woman got partially sucked off. Um, and like died later of her being sucked off injuries, but she um, was sucked off through the window. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Um, so you got yeah, you get nastier injuries from going saying. through the small space. Mm, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think um, this, you just get a nice, you get a fun. nice, you get a nice breeze. Uh, That's going to be your biggest you get issue. Some yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. yeah. NTSB uh, after some searching found the door. Um, in the meantime, like. All of the like Max Nines got grounded, which wasn't a lot. Like there aren't many in service. Like I think it's mostly like Alaska and United. Or there's like there's barely any. There's, there's none in Europe. Um, yeah. But it, it made the 737 Max Barquetta. Yeah, exactly. That is very funny. <laughs> and um, yeah, what they found in the course of inspecting them is that like a few others also have this problem, and the problem is just you didn't tighten the. Yeah. Well, the Oops. FAA United, uh, announced a, a crackdown on Boeing mm. uh, per the excellent tweets of Jason Rabinowitz, uh, AvGeek, if you're not, I think he's AvGeek, I forget what he is. Yeah, uh, that sounds right to me. On, t- on Twitter. Oh, at Airline Flyer. Uh, highly recommend the follow of him. He's, he's really good. Uh, but yeah, the FAA uh, rounded 171 Boeing 737-9 MAX planes, and they're going to increase oversight of production and manufacturing. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, right? Boeing is washed and fucked because, um, I mean, this is like, they had to get Congress to waive the, like, airworthiness rules for a couple of other maxes. The the first max thing, which just had the plane, like, sort of fight the, pli- the pilot to try and kill itself, um, that, the, you know, they got that that happened because they tried to lie about it not being a new airframe. Um, and the whole thing has been sort of uh, this background of them trying to outsource as much manufacturing as possible uh, to like union bust to put the manufacturing in places where uh, there are, you know, fewer rights and worse pay. Uh, and then they're surprised lots when the wings fall off. Lots of financial tricks too, like where instead of having, you know, doing manufacturing of parts yourself, you spin off that part of the company into its own company, which mm. has it its own books and everything. Yeah. And they make parts for their one customer, Boeing. Um, it's very, the structure of like the supply chain for these planes has been, um, you know, it, it, it's very strange. It's stranger even than Airbus's. And Airbus has to contend with the fact that they want to make parts in every single U- EU country and bullshit like that. Including like Liechtenstein, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, I mean, this is the thing. Right? I, I did see one post about this that sort of gave me pause, which is, um, it was like, if you are gonna fly on a Boeing Max, don't right, like exercise your sort of visa power. I'm like, I think you've misunderstood what an airline passenger's sort of uh, position in an airport hierarchy is. Yeah. You can't like look out the sky bridge, jet bridge, whatever, and be like. This is not my beloved Airbus. Therefore, I'm not going, like, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, not going I'm, on this way. I, I, mean, I only feel... fly on triple sevens. Yeah, it's on airframe. You would you would feel so smart though if you refused a plane and then that plane crashed. But like, yeah. in general, you don't really have the option. You book a flight and you take your chances, yeah, and maybe the airline just kills you. you. Right. Like, yeah, maybe no rights. Only only possible death, which is one reason why I don't love flying. Um, Are you all a flight? No, no, no. I mean, no. this is the reason why I don't. I haven't been to the live shows in the US is because I, I fear both. Yeah, the, no, uh... it's fine. We'll come to you. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. Thank you. I yeah. I fear both what a friend of mine referred to as the tranny scanny, and also <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't want <laughs> the wings to fall off in yeah. mid flight. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, why do they have to push a big like button that says, "Yeah, I reckon this one's got a dick"? Like, why? Why? Why is that? Necessary? Maybe, maybe the dick could be a gun. I guess so. I guess yeah. I could have brought my like Semtex packer to the airport. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, Alice Caldwell <laughs> College was the IRA. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the Kelly part becomes predominant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we will see what happens with this. But in the meantime, if they try and put you on a Boeing, uh, exercise sort of like unlimited violence and self defense, uh, this will go fine for you. Stay away from the doors and places where doors may exist. Do the thing of like you know like a nervous parachute jumper and just like as you're going in, one hand on each side of the door frame and just hold. You know, yes. they can't force you into the aircraft. <laughs> yeah. In other news, on the opposite side of the terrain spectrum. Yeah. So I, again, uh, a, a caption. Oh, I'm, terrific caption. <laughs> thank yes, you. Yeah. Thank you. If you if you can't read the thing, because you're listening on audio, it says actually, I'm not telling you. Watch the video. Yeah. Uh, yeah, watch the video. <laughs> yeah. So we got to we got to talk about the the uh, Hasidic tunnels. 
Um, yeah, we do have to talk about the Hubbard Tunnel. It's the year of the um, tunnel, you know, it begins it's now. Big, big year for tunnels. There's the tunnel, the TikTok tunnel Every lady. Fucking There's... time with the guy with the goddamn little pictures. Every single fucking time, there's something fucking weird, and it's just like, why can't you people just be fucking normal? Why can't you just be fucking normal? We're all going to the same camps. Why do you gotta fucking act like this? <laughs> but this is this is even weirder because like it's a kind of like um just real quick to check my pronunciation. It's Chabad, right? Not Chabad. Yeah. It's Chabad. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So God just to, just assholes. to make sure I had it right. So so it's there's this internecine like warfare within Chabad of is. uh <laughs> So, the, the, yeah, right, I'm, right, okay. How to explain? How to explain the Lubavitch or whatever? Um, the, I, so that they, they had a, doodles. They believe this guy is the Messiah. They, they had a rabbi. The Some of them, a minority, believe that he was the Messiah. Um, and those guys kind of maybe got kicked out of the uh, house shul, uh, which is called Seven Seventy, because the address was Seven Seventy Eastern Parkway, um, and. What they tried to do is, depending on who you believe, either tunnel into the shore from beneath so that they could be like praying within it, or they tried to illegally expand it so that they had more room because it's a cramped building. Um, they didn't tell anyone they were doing this, they just started digging. When the like uh, non- uh, messianist Havard guys found out. They called the cops, and the NYPD came to with the like Department of Sanitation to fill in the tunnels with a, with uh, like concrete. They took down one of the walls in the women's prayer area, and they just found a bunch of these guys just in there. <laughs> <laughs> being the guys that they are, immediately started to like throw shit around and fight the cops. I I. I, how uh, how long was the uh, tunnel? I don't know. I mean, this I don't know if there are diagrams. Yeah, I think it's is... mostly like Saddam Hussein. Maybe. Right next to Saddam Hussein's yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I genuinely, I, I I haven't I haven't like had the mental capacity to process this whole event. And you know, the first thing I do when I hear something like this uh, is like, okay, where does the tunnel start and where does it end? And I have no idea. It, it was um, maybe yeah. it was it was. One of the theories that was that it was coming from like a uh, um, like a a mikveh down the street, like like a block away, um, and then one of the other ones was just that they had like gone from within the building and just sort of hollowed out this extra space to the side, um, but like you can't do that. <laughs> I'm so fucking angry. This, th I mean, the you thing don't is, gotta right. pray that fucking bad, bud. <laughs> This was... uh, we're gonna do the bonus episode on Judaism, and and Rabbi mm. Goldenberg is gonna call me from Queens. I get real <laughs> mad at me, and I assume my mother will be upset, but that's fine. Uh -huh. Erwin, I hope you're enjoying your retirement. That's not the fucking issue here. These fucking there's people a, are insane. The, the there there's a subway under Eastern Parkway. <laughs> okay, what do you want me to fucking do about it, dude? <laughs> they, had, they must have dug underneath the subway. Yeah, I mean, like, Actually, there, were, there were videos. Impressive. There were videos of like, uh, like Haredim, like crawling out from sewer yeah. grates and like but, but, scurrying yeah, the away from the cops with the hat and with the hat and everything. Yeah. And the thing is, right? Like, I want to live in a world where that can just be funny because there was like 
a, a microsecond that that existed on the internet before it became the most anti-Semitic thing you've ever seen in your fucking life. And I want to live in that microsecond where we can just I, be like, that guy, that's funny. That that I saw that video and here's the thing i saw that video and like my eyes glazed over and i failed to register it for like several hours because mm, you had covid i guess so yeah i mean because i was like okay this is clearly some weird anti-semitic gag yeah. nope. <laughs> you know nope. something it's just like fucking that us doing it down here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking us down here doing it man i mean this yeah. is this is a thing about like a lot of ultra orthodox stuff is I it's it's probably not good to have a kind of like total disregard for any secular laws or like ordinances and to have like your own sort of like your own law enforcement and your own I, I guess building codes now that you're doing tunnels. But you do have to respect the the chutzpah of it, you know? Yes. I mean this is the actual definition of chutzpah. Right, yeah, <laughs> truly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just—it was just so funny watching this wall come down oh. and a bunch of like baffled Italian American cops <laughs> wondering why this there is, were Jews coming out of the walls to fight them. This hard. is going to. This is we're going not to doing anything for the fucking cabal conspiracy theories. <laughs> this is the first. That's all I can ship. keep fucking thinking is just I just I every single fucking time I've said this before on the show I basically do a a, a I don't know like a a, a thing. Where I just say, please don't be Jewish, please don't be Jewish. Mm -hmm. and, then the, and then the fucking Lobovich just pulls stunts like this. <laughs> this is, this is the first- Stop fucking doing this shit! This is the first chip in the wall. The previously un insurmountable, uh, indomitable monument that is the, the Jewish-Italian pact in Hollywood. Yes. Um, <laughs> Nine arrests. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Nine. Yeah, nine of them. So, uh, I, but I, I believe so, this will. I just don't understand. <laughs> this is also a potential solution to the Israel-Palestine conflict. Once what, the masculine I, the, urge to dig, the yeah, masculine the, urge the, to the dig tunnels. The, yeah, Hamas and Israel crossing picks and just yeah. like, united in one. <laughs> the, 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 the Hamas-Israel friendship tunnel. Yes, yeah. exactly. Getting <laughs> to an invisible hospital. <laughs> Speaking of which, in other news, oh yeah, we're bombing Yemen now. We're gonna, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna yeah. do some more bombs. We're gonna bomb the Middle East a bit more. Uh, guess um, who's escalating? I sort of like guess who's coming to dinner. Guess who's escalating the war in the Middle East? Um, uh, is it Joseph Robinette Biden? It is Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, wow, crazy, right? Who um, could have seen that one coming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, the 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 Houthis, the the sort of uh, movement which controls uh, like uh, most of Yemen, um, have been doing solidarity with Gaza by trying to blockade the Red Sea to Israeli shipping, and uh, they haven't maybe been the most discriminating about what's been Israeli shipping, but that's not really the point. You got some sick videos of them landing helicopters on ships out of. Um, I don't think they've they've actually killed anyone. I think it's only been like property damage, so. right? They, they've like yeah. they hijacked one ship, but I yeah. think that's it. Um, and they've like launched drones at each other, but like, um, yeah. So obviously, this now this aggression will do, not stand yes. because yeah. uh, we need our treats, and the treats yeah. are now yeah. instead of going through the Suez, yeah. are going around uh, the, the Cape. 
So you gotta protect the supply chain at all costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is. I the need thing. my Alibaba <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> this actually does have like serious economic like implications, but no one's kind of treating it that way, including the people who want to do it. Because if you if you analyze it that way, and you go, okay, well, the Houthis really do have a kind of like veto power over a lot of shipping in the Red Sea. Maybe you should like negotiate with them or like yeah. try to give them what they want because what they want at this juncture at least is uh to stop the genocide in gaza which is something you should also want something you should also be doing you just have to like yank on the leash it's you yeah, know it's what reagan surface, did get like, a surface to ship missile and just uh go down to the delaware and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh well i i i, I want to point out that the saudis have been bombing these people for years with yeah. no no effect they had no effect at all right like yeah. and at, at our sort of like instigation without without help and funding there are you know? bombs like the mm. saudis aren't making like, like they're dropping our bombs on the houthis and it's just not fucking work so what are we what are we doing here we, the same we, shit uh, as always, what are we doing here honestly i feel like this is some kind of weird like misguided deterrent thing with like yeah. okay Israel's being thought. Israel's being like uh tried at the Hague right now for mm -hmm. doing genocide um and the Houthis are claiming we're doing our internationally required duty to economically inhibit Israel and I feel like this is a way to put pressure maybe not on the Houthis but to put pressure on like the international court of justice in a way well, i think mm. at the same time there's a there's a thought that basically u.s military doctrine especially at these of these how congress sees it is this sort of idea that surgical strikes surgical strikes with it with obvious quotes around them sort yeah. of don't count yeah like yeah. these, these, i mean this is done I mean, under the, the, the like the 2001 uh, authorization for for military force the one that right. says that like the president can just do it for do, like do, a, anything that's yeah. like materially supporting right. terrorism which right is this is pushing it and right. i think I mean, you that know the same. that it's pushing it yeah. to right. do I that i mean you can i think argue as well as you want that iran is maybe a state sponsored terrorism yeah, as much as are. any yeah. any other state is a state sponsored terrorism but like this ain't it, Chief. Yeah, this, this is, is the thing. Just uh, I do, I, I, I do sort of like the idea of sending the USS Abraham Lincoln or whatever to protect your Alibaba treats. It's just basically in terms of yeah, yeah, gross, yeah. gross, disproportionate response is kind of darkly funny. But yeah, I, I mean, I, the, I feel like it increases the consequences if, like, you know, the ICJ says, okay, yeah, Israel is doing genocide. Now we also have to like say, well, the United States is directly aiding and abetting genocide. By like, um, you know, attacking I mean, people who are trying to prevent genocide. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, like, uh, it's not like U.S. official doctors to invade the goddamn Hague, which, which we oh, should do on some level because the Dutch don't have a right to exist as a people. That's that's the ICC rather than the oh, ICJ. You're right. You're right. My bad. It's fine. It's confusing. Uh, I yeah. I mean, I think my main thing is that what this reflects is an absolute sort of lack of strategy or forethought. I was this thinking is, more of a oh, decadence yeah. of military power. Like uh, just that, that too. But it's, yeah. it's 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 like what it is is it's firefighting, right? Because right. had you any sort of grander plan, this would never have happened because you wouldn't have needed it to. Um like yeah. because you things wouldn't have escalated to this point. Uh right. but because you can't control Israel, 
Um, and because you know Biden seemingly has no interest in preventing this from escalating. Um, yeah, I, I, that was another thing I had I mean, thoughts about yesterday. It was like it feels like no one's at the helm. there's no one driving this thing. There's, there, there's no there. there <laughs> it's right? it's exactly. one guy who, with a like inscrutable worldview. Um, yeah, it's munching and, a block of Kerrygold butter, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, I hadn't. I had a couple of moments where I was kind of worried about escalation in the sort of early stages where I thought that, like, you know, like, Hezbollah is actually going to do something, and then, you know, we've seen, like, a bunch of speeches from Hezbollah that's like, ah, oh, we're going to do it, maybe we're going to do it, we're taking it really seriously, and then they don't fucking do anything. Um, and the Israelis then sort of double down on this idea of escalating with uh, with Hezbollah. Uh, but, like, this is this is a whole new thing where it's like, Okay, well, it could just be us, and by us I mean the U.S. and the U.K. just deciding right. to to do this uh, because weird sort of piecemeal war almost. Where yeah, we're like... yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's so stupid and wasteful is the main thing about it. Like, uh, th- at last I heard that these these strikes killed like five people, right? Which is yeah. depending on how you look at it, either extremely good targeting to avoid collateral damage. Or the most expensive way of killing five people ever devised. Yeah, I, and I mean now, like the the Houthis come up with a statement, like, "Well, you know, we're we're we were ashamed to not be in the same situation as the Palestinians where we were being bombed, and this is like only strengthened our resolve now that we are part of the conflict." It's oh, yeah. it's very it it you know that's sort of I don't know. <laughs> you know, sort of warrior poet mindset. I think these guys, right. these are very resilient people that we've decided to, you know, piss off extra. Um, th- yeah. This this is going to go, this is going to go extremely poorly. That's like the only thing I'm, you know, unless <laughs> you like. Just, you can just write a book that says this is going to go extremely poorly. U.S. foreign policy since 1946. Yeah, yeah I was about to say everything Mate- after World War II has been just a disaster show. Mm. It's made them way more popular. Um, and yeah, the, the only thing that's going to actually change the fact that they can still put shipping in the Red Sea at risk is like invading Yemen and pushing them back from the coast, which I pray God no one has the idea to do, because it would be even more catastrophic. So for now it's just like, well, we're going to do airstrikes, and if that doesn't solve the problem, we're going to do more airstrikes, and we just kind of keep throwing missiles at it until the treats can feel comfortable enough to to go through the thing. I just want to point out right now on marinetraffic.com, there are about a billion ships in the Red Sea. So, you know, I I I do feel like these these strikes that the Houthis have been doing have at least been a little bit targeted. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's mostly just stuff like the risks that MSC or Mask or whatever are willing to bear, you know? Right. Yeah. Or or um, or uh, whatchamacallit, Zim. I don't think they I don't think they'd like Zim. Zim's definitely got to go around a horn because that's (laughs) that's the Israeli uh, shipping company. Um, No, there was one. Yes. Yeah, they got a they got a bunch of ships. They got a bunch of containers. You'll see every once in a while. Yeah, uh, they are just all the containers have bombs and genocide in them. Uh, that and hummus. That's soda streams. Yeah, soda streams. Billions hummus, of soda uh, Waymo, or is it Waze? I forget it's which. Waze, Waze. Waze. Okay. Yeah, Waymo is uh, the just, a, just a, a shipping container full of apps. Yes, has been uh, sent to the bottom. And of the Intel Red chips Sand. and Intel chips. Oh. Yes, and that's why you should go AMD. Please do AMD fabrication plants. Please don't tell me they're in Israel. I want more cores. Give me more cores. 
Well, of course. Anyway, um, that was the goddamn news. Nice. All right. So we uh, see here the Wood Street Encampment uh, in Oakland. Uh, this used to be Northern California's largest homeless encampment. Uh, it was shut down by OPD and the city in May of last year. Um, and I put this up to ask a couple of questions. Firstly, what is Oakland, California? It's 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 like San Francisco, but on the other side of the bay. Yeah, it's San Francisco brackets uh, annex. Yes. Um, and uh, as just, such, just as a little update, so far as I can tell, uh, assuming that Global Foundries still manufactures uh, AMD's chips, uh, I have good news. Uh, despite the fact that it's owned by the, uh, it was privately owned by a sovereign wealth fund of the UAE until an IPO in October 2021. They have operations in Singapore, the EU, and the United States, uh, and uh, I think we're good. I think you can still buy AMD. All right, sick. Well, wait, uh, but 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 Israel is in Eurovision, which is the same as being in the EU, right? That's right, true. That's it. Yeah, gonna, so that's that's a little oh, that's a oh, little. Are they still uh, using TSMC? God so, damn it! So, 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 so Oakland, Oakland is on the other side of the bay from San Francisco. Um, it, it used to be cheaper. Uh, it's, I mean, it still is cheaper, but like, yeah, uh, we'll find Israel. What has happened is, no, we're that, good. <laughs> okay, is, yes, go on. So, Oakland, uh, used to be uh, poorer, it used to be blacker, it still is both of those things, yes. Um, but decreasingly so because the economy of the Bay Area has been, uh, you know, <laughs> well, Stupid. I mean, this is this is the thing like, number go up, line go up, number, line go up. Yeah. Line go up. That is true. Jo jobs get created. You know, people get paid more sometimes. Um, and then the number that doesn't go up is housing, right? right um, yes. And so, what Oakland has is sometimes called a housing crisis. It's sometimes, I, I think, maybe more accurately called a displacement crisis, right? Yes. Where uh, the cost of the housing goes up to accumulate people who are working at, like, you know, who are working in San Francisco and commuting in, uh, or who are working at like startups or whatever in Oakland. Um, and the people who are already in Oakland get priced out. Um, and so as a consequence, like, um, I have, I have some numbers here, right? So like in 2014, the Oakland rental market was the 21st most expensive in the U S and by 2015, it was the fourth, um, there, like the city has a minimum wage, uh, that minimum wage, uh, is, oh God, what, what actually is it? $12 and 55 cents an hour. Uh, mm. For which fuck off, you cannot find an apartment in Oakland. Um, that there no, are none. No. If you if you earned that, if you earned twelve fifty five an hour and you worked full time, you would have to spend one hundred and twelve percent of your income on housing. Yes. Um, I mean, it's it's at the point where now you have think tanks saying, "Well, hold on a second. Not only can like just uh, ordinary people who we don't give a shit about not afford housing, but like." Teachers can't afford housing. Like uh, firefighters can't afford housing. Uh, cops, even like, still uh, like if you if you started as uh, like an entry level teacher in Oakland public schools, your estimated salary is like forty two thousand dollars a year. Congratulations, um, you live in Sacramento now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you can't afford anywhere in no, Oakland. No, you can't. You can't. I mean, it, it's it's yeah, yeah, and yeah. so. Anybody, it, it starts out obviously with the people who are like most uh, precarious in housing, right? Um, 
like you know low-wage workers students the elderly um artists who we'll get to later and now it's sort of like ballooned to the point where it's just uh, consuming everyone yeah 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 and so people are being like gentrified out um homelessness is vastly vastly increased uh it's heavily heavily racialized as well so like um like 60 percent of the homeless population of oakland are black and they're about like 20 percent of the city's population um and despite the fact despite the fact that the mayor used to like have to live in her car um like as recently as 2018 the un general assembly like the fucking un went to oakland and called their their treatment of homeless people cruel and inhumane um it's in this situation where this is really one of the like uh, front lines of, and I hate to put up the harrowing of hell here, but housing policy. Yeah, right? yeah, it's um, you know, and the the situation in especially the Bay Area, but California in general, uh, you know, uh, it's you have you know people like to frame this in terms of like the Yimby and NIMBY debate. I think mm. even if you were if you were in a situation where like. Boom, we've upzoned every single parcel in California so you can build a 150 story building there. I I think you need more radical measures just to move the housing market in the direction of providing housing and that uh-huh. is you need to really start to say we are going to build mass public housing right. on a huge scale. We're talking hundreds of thousands of units because I the the current situation is very advantageous for owners of real estate. The mm. the market value keeps going up and up and up and up. And as long as you constrain supply, um, you are going to do better financially than if supply is not constrained. I mean, there's this one of the things about landlords is there's two ways for them to make a lot of money. One of which is to build a big building. And the other one is to ensure that no one is able to build a big building. Yeah. Um, right. And I mean, and the second fun, one has a much higher return on investment. Yeah. You, you have to like reconceptualize this as, you know, housing is a human right uh, and housing has to be uh, extremely affordable or else. Um, and we'll sort of we'll get into some of the implications of this later. But that's the sort of the scene set for for Oakland and like Northern California in general. Uh, if we go to the, the next slide, please. Yes. Uh, I put this one in. Hmm. Um, so we need to talk about the phenomena of the taxpayer building. Um, this has sort of implications for both, you know, housing policy, for architecture, but also especially for firefighting, right? Hmm. Um, and this is, uh, I think, one of the most well-known examples here is, all right, so this was a building in Chicago. This was the Masonic Temple building which is essentially part of it was the Masonic Temple, and above that, to pay for the Masonic Temple's upkeep, they had a bunch of offices. This That's was cool. the... We've talked yeah, about it before. Yeah, this, is, uh, this was, for a brief period of time, the tallest building in Chicago, uh, 21 stories tall in 1895. But um, they tore it down in 1939, right? Well before its useful life was over. It needed some building systems upgrades, it needed some foundation upgrades because they put the State Street subway right next to it in that year. Um, You're just but, doing your weird Masonic rituals and the floor, the like checkerboard floor is like shaking under you and you're just like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that, that's sort of, 
It's uh, that's a lot of downtown Masonic temples, though. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. a lot of times they're in older parts of town where the subway will be. At that point, they should just incorporate it into whatever thirty third degree master mason <laughs> ritual you're doing. You know, uh, obviously Scottish right. Um, anyway, so um, now why was this building inducted and killed? Uh... Yeah, this building was torn down. And replaced with a two-story building. Wow, that looks oh, like it's ass. beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it's like well, bubble. no, actually, I use this as an example because there's no oh. pictures of the building that this oh, was okay. uh, this was replaced by. This is a similar building. Uh, this is where Abner's Cheesesteaks in Philly was, and the Sitar and the India. Club. Yeah, strip club was in the basement. Yeah, yeah. Sitar India restaurant was formerly a Chili's. It was. There was I got uh, kicked out of that Chili's once. Really. Yeah, I got kicked there out was of the a uh, there there was a notorious club called the Blockley Hare, which used to serve oh, people yes. underage. Yes, yeah. Jesus. Um, anyway, man. this is a good example of a taxpayer building. But the idea of the taxpayer building is: what do you do? You own land, right? Mm. Do you want to develop it? No, you want to speculate on it. I want to speculate on it because yeah, the number exactly. go up, Mister Bond. Yeah. Yeah, developing stuff costs money. Speculation, Great. not so much. Great amount have, can happen. You, know? yeah. you have this annoying thing, though, called property taxes. <clears throat> and if you have a completely vacant lot, mm-hmm. you're going to be taxed on like the square footage of the land, right? Sure. And then you will also be taxed on any improvements you have on it, which is sort of like a building, a shed, pavement, you know, whatever whatever the assessed value of any man-made structures on it, you will furthermore be taxed on that. So if my pure idea here, if all I want to do is speculate, it behooves me to build the most minimal building on the structure I can that pays the property taxes. Oh, the minimum viable commercial building. Yes. Yes. That is the taxpayer building. Huh. So that's why there's like a fucking like mattress warehouse or whatever. Yes. Um, mattress just, warehouse, the American candy store, whatever. It doesn't have to sell a lot, it just has to sell enough to like make rent basically. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they can do their own little like money laundering or whatever the fuck in there. I right. don't give you a just, shit because right. I just want the like the tax revenue. Right. Uh, yeah. So in this case, um, this very large and architecturally notable, historically notable building was torn down for a two-story building that I think was a Walgreens until night at like two thousand eight. Mm. Um, you know, it was it 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 yeah. So you you Masonic ter- Walgreens. Yeah, you put the smallest viable building on there, and these buildings have a lot of shared characteristics, right? They're usually one or two stories tall. They have a commercial use on the first floor. Sometimes it's residential on the second floor, but sometimes it isn't because a lot of times these buildings cover a huge amount of the lot. They're very, they have very deep floor plates, which means there's going to be a lot of rooms inside the building with no access to the outside, with no daylight, with no nothing, right? Um, they have a lot of internal space, but since they're generally constructed in an old-fashioned manner, it's very easy to reconfigure rooms. It's very easy to do that without a permit because everything's happening away from windows. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and this is, um, you know, these buildings were very, very common until probably the 1950s, um, just because eventually people found out that you can make the same amount of money to cover property taxes with a surface parking lot which is another great way to speculate on land. 
Different kinds um, of urban blight. Yes. So the Disney yeah. hole. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, you know, the term taxpayer is sort of lost in urban planning and architectural context. But one place it remains to this day is in firefighting. Ah. Because these things are death traps. Cool. Um, as, cool. as we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> You got lots of internal rooms with no access to natural light. So if you have no um, no power in the building, you can't see shit. Um, they're going to be made of wood, largely, um, and not like, you know, not really heavy timbers. This is sort of light stuff because a lot of this happened sort of in the later era of wooden construction. Um, you know, bef- after we stopped using really big, heavy tem- timbers, which are more fire resistant, right? Um, there's lots of opportunities for things like backdraft, various sudden exacerbations of the conflagration, right? Um, these buildings don't have plans on file because numerous random people have reconfigured the interior any way they want. Um, you a lot of times will have situations where there are rooms which are completely sealed off uh, at some point. So you can have a fire growing in there and have no idea. Right, Ooh, somebody um, getting cask of amontillado'd in there with their fire. Yeah, yeah well, that probably yeah. would have happened, you know, like a dozen years prior. Um, you know, no one's going in that completely sealed warehouse. off room. People yeah. won't even know the room is there. Jesus, that that's sort of its own kind of urban nightmare, along with the yeah, guy who like fell fucked. in between two buildings with no access except from like above in New York City, and just like oh, yeah, they found yeah. his skeleton like wedged in between two buildings. You know, yeah, that, that's. Uh, Folks, if you're designing a building, try to avoid opportunities for a room to be completely sealed off with everyone forgetting about it. Yes. <laughs> and, um, um, you know, so these buildings are, they're, they're, they're not good buildings. There's still a lot of them left, um, you know, because the way that land speculation worked in American cities is a lot of these got built in like the Great Depression. And then guess what? The fortunes of cities haven't recovered until very recently at least in terms of being able to make money off of real estate. Um, a lot of these buildings are over a century old with a century of modifications. They're very common in, you know, everywhere. <laughs> Except mm. like cities that are very new, like, I don't know, Anchorage. <laughs> or Neom. Neom. There's no taxpayer yeah. buildings in Neom yet because there's no buildings. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so taxpayer buildings. This is... They're very bad for firefighting because they, they're buildings that want to kill their occupants. Yes. Yes. Uh, if, we, if we go to the, the next slide. <laughs> yes, we now see 1305 31st Avenue in Oakland. Um, and it's it's difficult to find a like... Maybe wondering why it looks like this. Yeah, there's, <coughs> there's no pre-fire street view shots of this. Right. Um, yeah. This is, this is uh, concrete and wood. Uh, built 1930, so right, sort of like pre-depression. Yeah, um, right at the depression. Basically. Yeah, and, yeah, and this is this is a two-story warehouse uh, originally designed for milk bottles. So uh, the idea is that you have uh, milk bottles get washed uh, on the upper floor. They go by conveyor belt down to the ground floor, get loaded onto trucks, drive out, and then you get your milk. Um, yeah. And this immediately collapses because of the depression. Um, and as far as anyone remembers, this was kind of like a hippie party space through the 60s onwards. Um, uh, yeah, at that point, you're trying to get a rent from basically anyone you can so right. that you can continue to hold these buildings. 
Yeah. If you're even getting rent at all, it may be a squat. Like it's people remember doing drugs there and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so this then in 1988 falls prey to to like a new landlord. Um and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of the yeah. name. Yeah. Thank so you for I doing apologize. this so I don't have to. It's yes. fine. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take a guess at Chona Su uh, uh who bought this building in uh in 1988 um and she is the sort of owner of record for a shitload like 5 million dollars worth of sort of low to medium value bullshit taxpayer in buildings. Oakland. Right. Yeah, taxpayer buildings like uh, a Buddhist temple, like uh, laundries, like auto repair shops. Um, it just kind of the kind of absentee landlord who like doesn't really like ever check in. You never see them except to collect rent. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you, it's sort of a, as a tenant, sometimes that's the ideal landlord. Yeah, um, in some ways. <laughs> right. I will um, say that uh, just uh, in case you're wondering how this ends for uh, Miss, mm, I, I apologize again for the name. They are bankrupt. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, finally, I, at long last, there, there yeah. were some some sort of consequences to this. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I'm relying a lot here on the reporting of the the San Francisco Chronicle. Which is uh, did an excellent job. We yeah, fantastic. Won a Pulitzer for this as yes. well. They might have done. No, um, the East Bay Times won the Pulitzer. Ah, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, rather be right about it. Um, but yeah, so uh, she doesn't really show up. Stuff communication like goes through her kids, uh, and like emails tend to like not go answered for a long time. Um, and like a lot of landlords with this sort of portfolio, she is racking up like code violations and fines and stuff um over the period of like 2005 2014 the vacant lot like next door the lot that this like building abuts um she paid oakland like twenty six and a half thousand dollars in in like code enforcement fees fees, right there's not a lot of regulations out there about vacant lot you have to be really trying (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I assume just like dumping shit on it, but nobody knows. Um, and yeah, the sort of city of Oakland's building department gets a bunch of complaints uh, for uh, in the last couple of years about how like unsafe this building is. Um, and the last time it was inspected was thirty years earlier because they send an inspector and the city inspector like knocks on the door, can't get in does a like sort of eyeball based inspection and is like I will call back about this and then never does. Yeah, the, right. the uh, inspection systems in a lot of cities are really based on sort of a mutual understanding between the city and the building owner that it's good to have a safe building. And so when you have someone who doesn't mm-hmm. d- does not conform with that particular system of trust, you have a problem. Right. Yeah. And, and- that's, I mean, the as we'll learn, the fire station is a, what a block and a half. Yeah, I think yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um, and in, in terms of her other tenants, like um, th- some of them were like in the same position that that you mentioned of like, yeah, she doesn't give a shit. This is fine with me. Um, and some were in a position of like, yeah, my like electrical box kept sparking, and I had to email her for two years, and then she sent out like some guy. Who maybe fixed it, um, which again is is like very familiar landlord stuff. Yeah. Um, but so she has this building, right? And she she wants to make some money off of it. 
Um, so she lets this out to, to a master tenant, right? One guy, uh, if we go to the next slide, uh, this is not zoned as residential, this is zoned as like warehouse. Um, and so this is a warehouse nominally, uh, whose sole tenant is this guy on the right, Derek Almena. Uh, that's his wife on the left. Um, right. and, and we should be uh, very delicate and say this dude should be punched in the face repeatedly. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is but... the thing, like, you never want to sort of, we're engaged in sort of like social history and engineering history and stuff here, we want to sort of like identify our context to stuff without necessarily being like, it's this one motherfucker's fault, but it's this one motherfucker's fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> um, this guy is, is not, is not uh, worth defending, he is a, a true shithead. Oh yeah, so, uh, so he, he yeah, like... Ahead. What he did is he illegally sublet this um, by dividing it into a housing units and renting those out for like like seven hundred dollars a month. And as we saw, the rent in Oakland for a one bedroom is like twenty five hundred. So, uh, you know, that's that's very attractive. Um, and the it's not sort of your typical slumlord shit. What it is is like he kind of starts a cult. Um, yeah. I mean, it's initially called Satya Yuga, um, and it was then later named Ghost Ship. Um, it, it's sort of like, nominally it's an art collective, there's a Kron interview with like the next door neighbours who do a kind of like, eh, we didn't see them do any art, just meth. Which, to be fair, sure. Um, who amongst us, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and so, this warehouse space, the top floor of it is this guy Almena and his family, his wife, his three kids, um, which they kind of turn into this hoarder space, there's some photos of it later on, um, and then the bottom floor is like subdivided and because it's intended to have milk trucks drive in, what they do is they just drive a bunch of RVs in. Um, five of them. Probably not a good idea. Yeah, so it's like five RVs. There's like some stuff that's like like uh, so built shanty divisions within it, made out um, of pianos uh, in some cases. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and to get the city off their back, nominally this is not housing. This is a twenty-four hour art workshop, right? And that's what they right. have to tell people. Um, and this guy is the maybe the most irritating motherfucker on the face of the in, earth, right? In a Facebook post seeking tenants, Almino wrote, Seeking all shamanic rattlesnakes, oh, sexy jungle jazz <laughs> hobo gunslingers, looking for a space to house great gear, use studio, develop next level Shaolin discipline after driving your taxi cab late at night, build fusion earth home bomb bunkers, splunker shelters, and plant herbaceous colonies in the sun and air. Would you believe I'm, this guy used to run a weed farm and I'm also so apparently mad. did a lot of meth, allegedly? I'm so mad you took that from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, to give, you, to give you a sense of the vibe, this is the kind of place where they make you sign a mock contract where you commit to being unconditionally awesome. Yeah. I, I, I dislike... This California. Guy, this guy's got California brand. Yeah, this guy's got yeah, serious California brand. California landlord, or at least like master tenant. Oh brand. yeah, he's 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 in a he's in a middle manager position where mm. he is both tenant and landlord. The contradictions are 
um, eating this guy alive. Yes, yeah. exactly. There's yeah. there's a oh. there's a dialectic occurring, which I understand <laughs> yeah. is when two things which are the opposite are happening. Yeah, Hegel's uh, master slave dialectic makes this guy sort of act like a cult leader. He has little David Koresh moments. He does long like weird long rambling Facebook posts about Hitler and stuff. Um, if positive the- or negative. Positive, uh, oh, but okay. by positive esoteric. Uh, if we if we go to the next slide, um, so he also has this Renfield. Uh, this is a guy called Max Harris, um, and Max Harris is seen here in jail. That um, he gets a very like sympathetic piece in New York Times Magazine, um, of which I read the whole thing. I'll summarize for you. This is an extremely dumb and exploitable motherfucker. Um, who is this like drifter from middle America who like uh, ends up in Brooklyn and then sort of uh, then Colorado and then Oakland and is kind of like alternately groomed and psychologically terrorized by Derek Almeida into making all of the shit run, collecting rent, working the door at parties um, and all of this. He's like nominally creative director of this art collective. Thing you never want so, to be. Sounds like he's been creatively directed. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so one of one of the tenants says that he has a uh, that Harris has a servant's heart. Um, and yeah, so poor dumb motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. Um, but he, like he's he's the type of guy to be rescuing like bugs he finds in the prison yard. Um, right. because he's just a kind of like well-meaning hippie. Um, who is now at the whims of a kind of like would-be David Koresh? Lunatic, <laughs> right? The dude's. Yeah. A, I mean, yeah. we we really cannot stress enough that uh, that uh, Derek Almina is a is a is a horrible person. Yeah, yeah. As we'll, as we'll get to, absolutely garbage person. There's, there's a detail here in uh, that that New York Times Magazine profile where it says, um, "Occasionally, people who lived at such such a Yuga told me Almeida spoke to Harris in a sharp German accent, pretending that Harris, whose mother was Jewish, was his Jew, his slave." Harris insisted he meant this as a joke. That Almeida <laughs> meant this as a joke. We we should probably. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry, I... Devin. <laughs> I yeah. You gotta watch out for artists who are put in a position of power because all of a sudden the eccentricities aren't so funny anymore. Yeah, that's how you get the <laughs> yeah, fucking this Holocaust. Guy, Hitler, I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if this guy ever was an artist meaningfully or just oh, thought of himself oh, that who's way. Who's that guy like, I hate? Who's that? Who's that artist I hate? Oh, that. Who's that? Now. Who's that guy I hate? Um, let me open a <laughs> spreadsheet. It's sixty-four go. gigabytes. <laughs> mm, yeah, is this the part where we say that Valerie Solanas's only problem is poor aim? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so 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 this guy, this guy Max Harris, he does all the like bullshit work. Um, uh, meanwhile, work, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Almeida and his family are like living on the second floor. Uh, if we go to the next slide, hi, it's Justin. Uh, so this is a commercial for the podcast that you're already listening to. Uh, people are annoyed by these, so let me get to the point. We have this thing called Patreon, right? The deal is you give us two bucks a month and we give you an extra episode once a month. Uh, Sometimes it's a little inconsistent, but, you know, it's two bucks. You get what you pay for. Um, It also gets you our full back catalog of bonus episodes so you can learn about exciting topics like guns, pickup trucks, or pickup trucks with guns on them. The money we raise through Patreon 
goes to making sure that the only ad you hear on this podcast is this one. Anyway, that's something to consider if you have two bucks to spare each month. Uh, Join at patreon.com forward slash WTYP pod. Do it if you want. Or don't. It's your decision, and we respect that. Back to the show. Um, this is the ground floor. Um, yeah, I you can... may notice a a, 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 a trail art here. Uh, yep. It's going to get worse than this, folks. Uh, th- this is one of five, as you say. Um, yes. and... uh, actually, the notes say specifically, the ground floor had five recreational vehicles, open parentheses, all caps, Five question mark, not one, but fucking five. Another question mark, close parentheses. Yes. Um, no electricity and, or running water. No, I mean, this is the thing. They did later have electricity, of a sort. We'll get into that. Sort of, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a, it, like a lot of these places where it, like sometimes it has electricity and water and heat. Most of the time it doesn't. Um, and as you see, there's just all of this hoarder shit just like crammed yeah, into it. Like... There's a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of various pianos and speakers, and there's some of these old fashioned, you know, wooden, you know, uh, sort of barbacks. There's like a whole bunch of, uh, I mean, okay, I, I would probably also decorate like this, but without having a trailer in there, and also yeah. with fire suppression. The, the other thing <laughs> is, you would you would find it difficult to decorate like this as intensely, were you like you know, for benefit of not being on meth. Yeah, um, you need you need um you need to I mean this this is um this is like uh sort of uh, I I don't know this looks like a, a a set for like psychedelic rock uh music video I, I mean. yeah it's I, I would say it's Burning Man shit but uh, Almeida did a Facebook post which I read which I kind of agree with him about about how cucked and shitty and like dot com Burning Man is now so okay I mean okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. he was cooking with that one uh, oh but, boy but, but yeah so uh he he like tells the cops no one lives here this is like an artist collective people come in and work when they feel like it he gets people to lie about it. Uh, meanwhile, the upstairs, he's like renting that out for for concerts, um, and these sort of like nooks are being rented out to like uh, tenants. Um, and the whole time, the side of the building, like abutting that vacant lot, is just getting filled with like dumped RVs and like scrap because like he kind of dealt in that and like at least one time stole a trailer off of somebody. Um, and so, like, that's, yeah, that's such white trash behavior. It's, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, and so, like, all of this stuff is just building up against the side of the building. Um, if we go to the next slide, we can see the upstairs, which, l- listen, I, I don't hate it, right? It's eclectic, yeah, but at uh, the same yeah. time, it's also... I like, the, I like the organ console, that's nice. Um, he's got all the uh, the sort of fake reproduction Tiffany's. Guess what we're going to talk about in the bonus episode? Um, yeah. He's got yeah. the you know. <laughs> this is this is a case of, and I, I live in a glass house on this one. Someone with like a fairly decent hoarding thing going on. Yeah, um, and I, it's like all the stuff is cool, and I like it. Yeah, um, but you know, considering what speaker. happened, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't need one speaker. I need twenty. Which I again, feel like the wall, of, wall of sound. Thanks for nothing. Uh, once yeah. again, who's which was Phil Spector? Phil Spector. Phil there Spector, we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a guy who should have had worse marksmanship. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, if we better hair. So, so if we uh, if we this is where you do your like concerts and stuff. Thus, you can see the the drum kit. This is where Almena and his family live, um, and this is 
a sort of a wooden floor above the ground floor full of RVs. Um, so there is there's a concrete staircase in back, I think. But if you go to the next slide, there are there are stairs, but they are they are hidden and don't lead directly to the exit. Yeah, it goes up to like sort of a half landing. So what you need, right. obviously, is a staircase that's just going to go from the ground floor to the second floor. Right. Um, and so they build this, and they build this out of like wood that they find. It's right. like pallets mostly. Um, like the next door neighbors who are interviewed, who are like, uh, oh, they just mostly did meth. Uh, they went over to visit, and they find that like they're building this staircase. There's a massive hole in the concrete floor that like the kids are playing next to. Um, and you know neither of them seem at all worried about this. It's the most, it's the ricketiest looking shit in the world. It's covered in fairy lights. Um, it's important it's, to remember the kind of wood you use for pallets is not very good. It is not very strong because pallets are intended to be disposable, unless yes. they're blue or red. In which case, you could probably use you could probably use that, but the Chep Company would get really mad at you. The, uh, the the disposable staircase, yeah. Um, <laughs> would you believe that uh, Oakland Child Protective Services uh, visited the Almeidas and took their kids away wow. off the basis of like this is not a safe environment? Right. It's not a. Um, this, yeah. This is not a. Uh, this is not a situation where. You're, 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 to... you're, you know, it, it's it's one thing if there's like complicated, like uh, familial and emotional and behavioral problems that. You know the the child protective services take your kids away. It's another mm -hmm. they take your kids away because like your kid is gonna fall in a hole. Your house is so <laughs> yeah, goddamn yeah, unsafe. Right? Yeah, 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 hundred um, percent. It's not you. It's the hole. It's the yeah, fact that you yeah. tolerate the hole existing. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and so please this, see our caving disasters episode for more. That's true. Uh, so so child protective services is after uh, like Oakland Department of Buildings, the second agency now who have gone, this is unacceptable to us, and then also gone, we're not going to tell anyone about right. this. Um, th this is fine. No, no other action hey. needs to happen. This is sort of a police department and a serial killer investigation sort of deal. Oh, we'll yeah. get to the police department. Um, if if we go to the next slide, um, if you are if you're trying to get out of the building from the the second floor How down do the do staircase, it? this is your route, right? It is not intuitive, and it's not marked in any way. Uh, this is from the New York Times. Uh, you, you come down the staircase made of balsa wood. You go around the uh, quite nice Chesterfield like wingback chairs. Yeah, you go I would around like one of those. One out of like a fifty thousand pianos. Uh, take yep. a left at a door and then go out onto the street. Yeah, I'm I'm in a situation where like I sh I deserve to own all this stuff instead of this guy because yeah. I want it, and I would also be more responsible about it. Well, you have a sprinkler system. I to would, fair, yes. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, our couch came out of a dumpster. And yes. I get bed bugs, though. We don't no. have bed bugs. We didn't have bed bugs. No. So it was fine. That couch is that I, I, I stole a. Um, a you didn't uh, steal it. It was in a dumpster. It was in a dumpster. <laughs> but I had I to pick you up. Remember, you called was, me like nine was, times? Yeah, because you I was like, you were Liam, convinced I found... someone was going to take it. 
Yeah, this is the fucking Florence Knoll sofa. This is the thing, right? It's $10,000 on Design Within Reach. All three of us us are going to discover, and this was something I had planned to introduce later on, but you're doing it now for me. We we are these types of people, right? Like, if if we're making fun of these people, this is not coming from a place of elitism. This is coming from a place of recognition. Yeah, this is... Yeah, difference between me and this guy not being a landlord not having done meth fewer neck tattoos but mm-hmm. like other than that we've got the hoarding in common that's for fucking have, sure yeah um, praised hitler uh, I, i've never praised yeah. hitler no uh, if we if we go to the next slide i can talk yeah. about uh our, our beloved law enforcement the thin blue line uh so this is this is from an opd body cam um, that even says 24-hour artist studio anymore. yeah 24-hour artist okay. studio this is when it was still under the satchel hey, you name. gotta do some art it's 3 a.m. <laughs> Come yeah. in, we're open. That's right. So, so you this need is... paints. You need oil pastels. So you need to th- do a fresco. <laughs> <laughs> it is time sensitive that I do this fresco. So yeah, uh, it's a very thin fig leaf, right? Everybody knows it, but you know, uh, per the next door neighbors again, who are this the one source for like what it's like to live next to this place. The cops and the fire department get called out here constantly like all the time it's it's like a problem place for them uh this is from an opd body cam in 2015 where they they came out to reports of a stabbing um and what you have in this in this body cam is two or three like oakland city cops poking their heads around the door looking at like exposed wiring and all this wood and like sparks and the park trailers and saying to each other oh man this shit's gonna burn down like they are on their own video saying it's like a huge fireplace in here one spark and it will all be bad i would be so worried about the electrical wires um and again like going three for three on this they don't report that to anybody. They don't tell anybody, and it, that never a, leaves the Oakland Police Department. It's not a stabbing. It was three a.m. aggressive interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. artistic. It's yeah. What's the thing where people stick hooks in their skin? It's like oh, that. But ew, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> doing some really interesting art. Uh, yeah. I mean, like. As, 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 as far as the policing goes, like, they could either do nothing, kick everybody else out onto the street, or, like, at least tell someone. And what they chose was do nothing, right? Yeah. Um, which, I, I guess, maybe it's better than making everybody homeless. Maybe. Um, and the whole time throughout, that uh, you get, like, fights, you get parties, you get loud music, you get small fires, uh, you get a lot of drug use. Um, which, fine, whatever. Uh, it's probably not great to live next to. I'll get to that in a bit. Um, and the the city inspectors come back out, um, because the neighbors complain because of all of this shit, because of the quality of life stuff. The trash is piling up. Uh, people, they, they, you know, know that people are living in there when legally they shouldn't be. Um, and the, the inspectors knock on the door, nobody answers, and they go, Okay. Well, uh, bye. And they just leave it. That's also I, one I, of the things with this this uh, inspection and why it wasn't done. They they didn't have access to it. Also, already said that. And then yeah, literally like hiding inside with the lights off, pretending right. nobody's home, kind of thing. Also, I get the feeling there was relatively little 
art going on in there just on account of um a lot of a lot a lot of a lot of artists do seem to have connections with people in the city you know Mm. At least in my mean, experience. <laughs> but if, if, if we if we go to the next slide where I call you a bourgeois comprador, um, <laughs> yeah, please, yeah, because the thing is, right? Like, I, I've been I've been like kicking the shit out of this place for twenty minutes. Um, People gotta and, live somewhere. Well, it's it's not only that, right? It's it's like on the one hand, this is probably extremely annoying to live next to, and I think it's it's perfectly reasonable to go like. Oh man, these guys aren't artists, they're just doing maths, right? Doing math, right? Maths. <laughs> doing maths, yeah, doing methylated spirits. Um, but like, if you ask the people who actually live there, right, okay, they might have neck tattoos and shit, uh, and they might be doing like maybe the worst tattooing you've ever seen. I've seen some bad <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah, but on the other hand, like, uh, people live here. It, it, where the hell else can you afford in Oakland? is nowhere, and it's not like you don't know that it's scary, it's not like you don't know that there are people there who are doing, like, meth-fueled posts about Hitler, um, and, you know, I, I can't judge these people because I have been in squats that I knew were scary, I have friends who live in places like that, my landlord is kind of an absentee slumlord because like, uh, despite the podcasting millions, thank you for subscribing to the Patreon, my rent is about the same as these people's. Um, and, like, people, I believe, did make art here. They, like, they were part of a community there. And the fact that it was exploitative and dangerous and, uh, like, very annoying <laughs> doesn't make their lives not matter, right? Um, the one thing, the sole intervention here that benefits everyone is making housing affordable and abundant, right? Um, because otherwise you just end up with these situations where if you want to live in Oakland and you want to make any kind of art uh, that doesn't sort of like allow you to maintain connections with people who work for Google and who are going to sort of patronize you in that sense, then you have to live somewhere like this. And you're sort of, you're picking between this and maybe something that's worse. Um, yeah, and the other thing that, you know, puts uh, puts uh, decorating such as they had done in the interior, apart from, you know, doing that in a real apartment or public building, is that, you know, the people who actually live there certainly knew how to get out of the building quickly if they had to. <laughs> right. We, people, we learned, people... I think, that hmm. one resident dies in this fire. Uh, everyone else has no idea, obviously, where the exits are, so on and so forth. But I, 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 I yeah, I mean, you did it much more beautifully than I could, but... Uh, oh, I've got more. I've got a whole second a second wind queued up. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'll just go fuck myself then. No, 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 Carry please. Do, 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 do your thing, and then I'll no, go again. People gotta live places, and... People, people yeah. do. People gotta live places. That's yeah. You know, obviously, in in my job, uh, I work with people that need places to live, and this sort of like, oh, we're just gonna fucking toss them to the wind is uh, unacceptable. And what we should do, I think, is is obvious to anyone who's been paying close enough attention to me, which is we will level San Francisco, we will level San Jose, <laughs> we will tear down Levi's Stadium brick by brick mm, and yeah. build a, a million a million person. Remember that Tokyo Giga skyscraper that was supposed to exist? Yeah, we're gonna do that. Which yeah, which one? The, the, the big one, the really big mm. one. Yeah, uh, again, which one? God damn it, Ross! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, anyway, carry but, on, Alice. Yeah, but no, people, people who who lived there <laughs> thought it was beautiful, and I, I think this, like, 
differing conceptions of beauty and of meaning and of like what safe housing and what home is come into play here. I think that was something that came out in the court case is, you know, prosecutors and defense attorneys trying to extract this stuff from people who lived in a like a different generation and a different lifestyle and there was this kind of like mutual incomprehensibility of right. what it meant for something to be home and for what it meant to, for something to be like uh you know to to be a beautiful place and i think a lot of people who lived there or who visited were like genuinely inspired and made genuine connections there um there's there's a quote from uh one resident who said it was it was a beautiful but a terrifying place um, and this is someone who says that, like, you know, there the were constantly the electricity and the hot water were going out. The cops showed up because, like, people had guns. Uh, you know, I, she says, I kept a fire extinguisher, a flashlight, and a self defense weapon. It was a nightmare. But uh, at the same time, there, there is something uh, alluring and there is something different and there is something, like, inspirational about it. And that's not wholly attributable to uh, it, one guy and sort of having Stockholm syndrome for him. It's also, like, having a place that is outside of a mainstream that is a horrible place to to be an artist um and i mean there's there's an lgbt issue here too as well because like a lot of these people are queer and trans and uh you know as far as we know three of the victims of the fire were trans and after the fact the authorities dead named and misgendered fucking all of them um and I just find it really, really bleak that, you know, you can get out of fucking, like, Indiana or whatever, and you, you come to somewhere that you think is going to be better, and it kills you in its own distinct way of forcing you to the margins. Right, because you've been forced to the margins. I was about to say exactly yeah. that. That it, you've been it, forced it, to the margins it, your entire life, and now you're killed for it. Yeah, and it, it wants to sort of, uh, like, have its cake and eat it, right? Like, Oakland right. is one of these places where, like, it wants nice to paint itself liberals. as, like, inclusive and and like having this kind of like counterculture but it doesn't do anything that allows that counterculture to sustain itself and when it does um, it snuffs the life out of them exactly exactly yeah. uh if we if we go to the next slide i one of so one of the victims was um uh cash askew who did this uh she was she's in a band called them or us too and i listened to a lot of them researching this and uh genuinely like really really talented um it's just really bleak um but yeah, so um, we, we've got some interior shots here, um, and I'm going to talk about Oakland Fire Department as the fourth agency which knows that this place is fucked up and does nothing. Um, I will say, um, you just uh, this is a nice looking space. I like this how this yeah. the whole composition here. I also would say um, I have a little bit of formal education in like the architecture of like houses in this area um and uh, other than the fact that it's a little bit bigger and the trusses are made of steel instead of wood it's identical <laughs> yeah yeah um you can see the sort of frame of this roof on the uh the exterior shots post fire you know this uh, is so this not is not even wall. not even like that notably a fire trap in some ways um mm. um yeah so the the nearest uh ofd firehouse was a block away um and they're on friendly terms because you know the the firefighters were out there constantly for like people setting couches on fire and shit 
Um, uh, you can't and- take that from West Virginia. That's a West Virginia thing. <laughs> yeah, go Mountaineers, baby. <laughs> we, 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 we can't offend West Virginians again. Uh, no, we're, uh, West, West, we're not apologizing for that. West Virginia yeah. University students are infamous for their burning ca- burning of couches. Mm. They're right and glorious to do so. All glory to the Mountaineers mm. and yeah. your but- hideous ass PRT. Yeah, but but sort of like un- unlike unlike the cops, the firefighters, they stop by and they like the place, right? Like, uh, there's you know reports of one of the firefighters like stopping to play like piano number forty three or whatever, um, mm. and 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 they seem pretty chill about it. Like one of them tells Almena that like as long as you've got marked fire exits, it's fine. Um, and you know after this, like off duty firefighters come and hang out. They stay at parties. They stay at barbecues and stuff. Like they're f- on friendly terms. Um, and it, it lends people this air of confidence that, like, well, if the firefighters say it's okay, then it must be okay. Um, and I should say that at this point, Oakland Fire Department, it, it was funded, it was fully funded, but it was chronically understaffed, possibly because you cannot live in Oakland on a firefighter's salary. Um, right. And so, uh, between 2011 and 2015, uh, they had no fire marshal, no assistant fire marshal. Um, so nobody who's supposed to like enforce fire codes um, or investigate Which breaches is, of them. Not to even make a joke, but they are running on fumes here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's, there's. That's the thing is, you, you, you just have priced people out of existence and now the, the fringes mm. of society are left to just burn it's, for it and it's yeah it's it's, it's the, you got the it's muscle the, you don't got the brains well this is the thing it's, it's it's the same thing i talked about with like the the sort of uh policy papers earlier where it's like if you think of like a housing crisis or a displacement crisis in, in like tranches right where the first tranche is like people who are going to become immediately unhoused and who in this sort of like grand scheme of things, nobody except like charities gives a fuck Shit. about. Right. Um, yeah. And then the sort of second tier of like people who are, you know, artists or living like an alternative lifestyle who are then marginalized, um, but who the city still wants to like exploit in that sense. Nominally cares about, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and then the third tier of like people who you need to like run essential public services and who don't want to commute for like two hours to get to work, like teachers and firefighters and even in this case, cops, right? Like yeah, it's still a lot of these cities also have a residency requirement, which makes it even gonna, more difficult. I was going to say <laughs> yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sort of thing where like, if you want to be a firefighter, you have to be independently wealthy, which is a fucking insane thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to like do it for fun. Um, yeah. So, so uh, you're in this place where the city kind of like eats itself in that right. way and it, it eats itself first in in sort of like in human terms then in cultural terms and then in like functional terms um anyway if we if we go to the next slide um we have to talk about electricity and i've shamelessly stole this graphic from uh, from bay area news group um so in the year previous um there was another show and they had a power cut in the middle of it um and almena had to like go next door and fix the power um, all four of these buildings are running off of one PG&E box, um, and it's like three different businesses and this warehouse. Um, and the wiring is sort of like daisy-chained through them, uh, and when it gets to the ghost ship, it is divided into, uh, it, it's gonna be like, uh, power strip to power strip to power strip to power strip to appliance. 
the way and, you the way you classically blow out a power supply, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, it's coming right off the power pole here into what was formerly industrial buildings. You know, this is yep. this is probably like two forty three phase on the way in, or I think it's two four, might be four eighty even. So mm-hmm. you know, this is like higher than normal voltage. I'm, I'm not that good with electricity. It's just one of those, I think. Is the fact it's, that their contract, their electrical contractor, uh, I don't have his first name, but his last name is Cannon, basically just lied about his credentials, took the fifth uh, uh, for his deposition, and just like didn't didn't do his 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 moral ethical uh, duty as a as a human being. Yeah, because the landlord tried to replace the transformer on the cheap. On the cheap, um, right? Exactly. Uh, "Quote: We are going to use it a little bit differently than standard." Close quote. Uh, in regards to this transformer. Um, yeah, and and yeah. their license as a contractor had expired five years earlier, right. um, and they were just there, still if, going. If there's two transformers and they're wired in series, they're definitely doing a weird thing with stepping down the voltage here. Mm. Um, and yeah, so the tenants remember that like you couldn't use like two appliances at the same time, right. kind of thing, um, or you would just take the power out. Oh, um, well, in fairness, that's the same with my kitchen. I was gonna say that. I was gonna <laughs> make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at and, least, at least I know the breaker box works. Yeah. So, so this electricity is going to uh, like a little kitchen in the in the back. Uh, there's there's like two refrigerators in there. Um, and I think like a microwave. Um, if we if we go to the next slide, um, we're gonna talk about the actual the actual event itself because they were doing ticketed events, um, and and this was uh, like gonna be a concert. It was a secret location. It was a secret gig um, that was gonna be announced on Facebook, um, and Almena wasn't in the building because of child neglect, as it happened. Um, because CPS made it so that, like, if you want to see your kids, if you want to get your kids back, they can't be in the warehouse when you're doing a like a concert. Right. So he, his wife, and the kids were at a hotel, um, and it's it's all delegated to to Max Harris, who's like running the door. He's, I guess, technically the bouncer. Um, right. He's also one of the first people to respond in his to the fire yeah. in an attempt to get people out of there. Um, I do want to say, uh, I, I have to, I have to quote this. Uh, this is from the promoter of the show. They can limit our invites, but not going to let them lower limit our fun. We shall rise up, overcome and dance on the ruins. Stay safe out there. I uh, mm-hmm. also, we should mention that the cover, which was $15, which is, should be fucking illegal. Mm. Uh, basically paid. That is what Almina spent as his, as his living in, uh, expenses. But basically, sure. he made rent from the illegal tenants, and then parties covered like he was running a goddamn 2011 fraternity. Parties covered his expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I just I, there's something very evil to me about the idea of charging fifteen dollars to burn up like this. Yeah, and I, I can't shake that. Just like you're talking camping stoves in the kitchen, like really, just the like the fringes of society we talked about, mm-hmm. and just like. These people having no idea, you know, you yeah, just try to yeah. go to a party or a for sure. concert or something. If, if, if we uh, if we if we go to the next uh, the next slide, so the party's happening uh, second floor, and uh, people notice smoke coming up through the floorboards. Um, it's about eleven fifteen the night of December second. We should say that. Yeah, um, and this happens very very quickly. Yes. It's an extremely flammable building. Um, like 
as far as people remember it, like stuff was the the building was like filled with smoke within like five or ten seconds. I, I, fuel sources are plenty. This thing is yeah. is going up like a like a Christmas tree. And th and that kind of like uh like that kind of smoke uh like a couple of breaths of it will kill you. Right. Uh, like you will lose consciousness and then you'll die. Uh, um, the firefighters make it all of goddamn twenty feet. Yeah, literally, they I, make it twenty feet. I, I just uh, this 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 is one of those where I just I I want to scream into the void. Yeah, just um, classic the evils of 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 all these things collide. And I mean, you could not have had a faster response time had it been like unless it was next door to the firehouse. Right. Like they, they get they there three minutes there. after the first nine one one call. Yeah, three minutes. Um, and yeah, um, I I mean, there's sort of there's descriptions which are sort of vivid and and horrible Make people you want to sob yeah yeah people sort of go to this this uh staircase um and a lot of people don't want to go down it a lot of people want to like stay up because it seems safer uh, there's a detail about uh, a woman sitting on the first floor in a wicker chair screaming not to come down and chanting this is the will of the spirits of the forest all right well someone should beat that lady to death with a baseball bat but yeah i think i think a key aspect of fire safety is you don't let somebody Say that it's the will of the spirits. Of the Gen forest. Generally, mysticism uh, does not um, improve an evacuation situation. No, you can do the mysticism afterwards. You yes, know, that, that's uh, that's that's the time for mysticism. There's there's a time for action, not, not, and there's a time the, to commune with the spirits. Right. This is <laughs> this is not it. Yeah. Uh, there's a uh, an the spirits will fucking... commune with you if they need to. <laughs> <You> will... <laughs> Don't call yeah. us. We'll call you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's an absolutely heartbreaking sentence in here that I don't think I'm going to get through without crying. Mm. Which is, Michaela Gregory and Alex Vega embraced his body on top of hers to shield her from the flames. Yeah. And, and just, uh, I, yeah. I, what do you fucking say to that, right? It's just like, this, these greedy motherfuckers pushed these people to their deaths because they just didn't fucking care. Mm. And systemic failures, the failures of capitalism, the failures of all of this just make you want to punch a wall yeah all, all yeah. of these people deserved so much better yes. um and uh so, so um it, you know uh so max harris is downstairs he's like at least trying to like shout so people can follow his voice he is um, he is doing he is doing his level best yeah as far as and, we can tell and uh mostly people just do not make it down because there's no time to Right. Um, Neither stairway like, leads to one of the two exits. The pallet staircase, as you can imagine, is absolutely fucking gone by this point. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, so yeah. The roof, so the roof collapses sorry. at eleven forty-nine. No, please. I'm just reading from the notes. Uh, I. Do you want to read this? 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 This motherfucker's Facebook I'll, post. I'll, I'll, I'll read the. Yeah. So please. take your time. So, so, um, I mean, everybody's dead. Like, uh, like half eleven. No, I mean, um, no, no shot. You have yeah. you if you if you if you were in there, your chances mm -hmm. of getting out alive are are how slim to none. Feels yeah. optimistic. And uh, and about one thirty in the morning, Almena posted on Facebook. Do not post. Uh, where he posts, everything I worked so hard for is gone. Blessed that my chip blessed that my children and Micah are at a hotel safe and sound. It's as if I've awoken from a dream filled with opulence and hope to be standing now in poverty of self-worth. Um and this Devin, is a California brain. Well, this is, Devin, this is you will have to bleep this, but that dude should do us all a favor and put a sh Yeah. Well, this is the thing, the like recurring thing is that this guy is sort of like monstrous egotism. 
uh, where he cannot like make anybody do anything other than hate him. Like when right. he's on the stand at trial, this is going to be a recurring theme. When he hears the victim impact statements, he says that he he's like willing to to tattoo the names of the victims on his body, right? Uh, to he, to he, apologize, he, like he it, does some weird shit the day, maybe the day after the fire, or or at least yeah, because he was it, interviewed by I want to say Matt Lauer, maybe, um, yeah. Where he's like clearly traumatized, but also like doing it in the worst fucking way you could possibly yeah. do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 I don't I don't know what it is. I'm I'm sort of grasping for words, but it's sort of those Yeah. Fucked. Um I fucked is the word, I think. Yeah. Um if we if we go to the next slide. I, I'm interested yeah. in how he says I I would tattoo the names of the the people who had died on me. You know, because you know who else does that is serial killers. Senator John Fetterman. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. That guy turned out pretty bad. Anyway. Yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I hope I listen. I hope I never get brain damage, but I especially hope I never get the kind of brain damage that makes me a Zionist. Um, that so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like if, if, if I start wearing a, an Israeli flag as a cape, I'm gonna need you to like put me in inpatient care. Yeah, don't worry. Um, we'll we'll, we'll, thank we'll you. take care of that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um. So the podcast yeah, will bravely soldier on with milkshake. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Just, just exactly. like play, keep paying me, but like get an understudy. <laughs> um. And yeah. So the, the aftermath for this is, uh, you know, like obviously this devastates an entire community. Uh, like there's so many photos and so many descriptions of people like, you know, going to leave flowers or whatever and just breaking down in the street. Like. Right. I, uh, you know, this happens occasionally where, like, we will talk about stuff and people have, like, personal connection to it. I guarantee it's going to happen in this one. Um, you know, I, I, I think I know people who know people who lost people. So I'm at that level of, like, remove. Um, and, you know, I, I really hope we're doing it justice. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it absolutely, like, tears, tears the heart out of a community in, in Oakland. Um, and you know you have like uh, the Oakland Fire Department. You have like Cal Fire. You've got like the ATF doing a lot of the uh, like fire investigation. And ultimately, what they conclude is we don't know. Uh, for a while, right. they they sort of pinned Multi it on one of these fridge. refrigerators. Yeah, yeah but like it, it's too badly damaged to even be able to tell. Um, and I mean, just in terms of the length of time where people are waiting to like. Uh, find out whether their loved ones are alive or dead, whether or not they're gonna like get their remains back, uh, which again is sort of doubly fraught when that person is trans and so therefore or you know their ID might not match. Um is um yeah, it, it takes days and it's agonizing. Um and I, I think that's one of the sort of cruelties of of a lot of sort of like fire investigation, right? Is um, you know, not only are you sort of like not able to give a lot of definitive answers, but you're, it takes you a long time to not be able to give a lot of definitive answers. Right. You know? um, I mean, and the the Oakland fire chief, uh, Teresa Deloach Reed, on the Resides. right here. Yeah, just she just fucking pieces out. She, she, she just, just leaves. She Which, goes on. Yeah, she goes on leave. Like right after this happens, then she quits. Right. Um, it's it's yeah because which I you know, I, I live forever. I don't even know how to express how I feel about that, you know? You know, uh, you gotta use those vacation days or you're gonna lose them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, no yeah, you, yeah, yeah, enjoy, enjoy, the, enjoy the hottest fires of hell, lady. Uh, 
I, I don't understand why every single agency involved in this Shit was pants. so complacent about it. Um, like, and I, I think it's maybe like most excuse inexcusable with the fire department, right? Because child protective services, they're thinking about children, right? The cops, I don't expect to do anything. Um, but like, if you're a firefighter. I expect you to be able to recognize- Firefighting is sort of in your job. It's actually, well, I, it's actually kind of your only job. Yeah, most of what your job is, or should be, is prevention. I, I, I expect you to be able to recognize when a building is dangerous, um, right. instead of just thinking it's cool, right? And getting buffaloed by, like, one dipshit, you know? Yeah. Um, I just- you gotta wonder a couple things like is this even the worst building they were at every day i mean are there other ghost ships oh, out certainly there? Not. oh there, there are, are so many yeah there, there are, are so many there are hundreds right yeah hundred um, let me let me just put this down now, uh now as a marker because I, I was going to say this on the next slide but i'll say it here this will happen again um yes. and it, it, it may is well not be if worse. it is when yeah a hundred percent and it, it you know plausibly it could happen in oakland again um, because there are, Philly. there are there, yeah, places there quite are like so that. So many well, places, like it could happen yeah, in London, the, at, like so easily. I could give you the address of like three places that I've been to where this could happen. Yep. Um, well, at the 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 auto body shop down the street in a very similar building burned down, uh, like what uh, two years ago? Two, I want to say, ago, yeah, yeah, that was uh, uh, hmm. that was in the middle of the night though. So the uh, the the whatever karate studio or whatever was upstairs was. Unoccupied, thank Mercifully, God. yes. But, uh, the the, oh the sketchiest, the sketchiest building I've ever been in was um, was a squat, right, where the only door in or out was sort of like anti-barricade reinforced in case the cops came in, with like a bunch of tires on the back of it, a metal grate on the front of it, and if you wanted to get in, if you wanted to get out, right, you had to like open the inner door, reach out through the grate, unlock a padlock, and then sort of like unwind this whole chain, open the metal grate, and get out. And I, I just... This, this, this seems... Yeah, as as I was in there, I was thinking about the fact that I do an engineering disasters podcast for a living, and I thought about how ironic that was, and I thought about how this should not be a way in which people are forced to live, right? Uh, the, your right. your sort of sense of security for getting kicked out of your house should not depend on you having to like chain yourself in behind this like rainbow six siege barricade shit right. um you yeah. should have like a door that locks normal style and i just like i you should this... be able to have a, a a weird cool artist space that also yes. isn't a death trap <laughs> yeah like that that's that's yeah a hundred percent um so so this there's this legal aftermath Right, where they charge Almena and Harris, um, and initially the state offers this plea deal, um, and it's it's not a walk in the park. Actually, I think it's it's like some number of years. It's not as many as it should have been necessarily, but then Harris probably shouldn't have been on trial in the first place. Um, and through all the victim impact statements and stuff, the victims' families do not want this plea deal to happen, and so uh, the the judge refuses it, and it goes to trial. Um, and when it goes to trial, Harris is acquitted um, of all charges, which I think is you know difficult emotionally, but I think it's the right decision. Um, and Almena gets uh, like on paper it's twelve years, in practice it's like 
36 months of house arrest with a tag. Wow. Yep. It's like 18, 18 months of, of like nominally a 12-year sentence. Um, and yeah, uh, if, we, if we go to the next slide, um, that's the sort of sole criminal sanction as far as, as, far as that goes. Uh, the, the Ings eventually like file for bankruptcy. They have to like they have to not be landlords anymore. They liquidate all of their their shit, um, and most of it comes out of their insurance. They they pay like I think it's like twelve million dollars, and the city of Oakland settles for like thirty two million dollars, um, which is gonna to to compensate the victims and like uh, one guy who was like very badly burned but didn't die, um, and yeah, this this is absolutely something that will continue to happen. Um, I think. I mean, Oakland's been doing, like, uh, trying to build more housing, and we get back into housing policy and the sort of harrowing of hell here um, about, you know, what quality is that housing, what extent is, you know, how useful is that housing when you're sort of, like, demolishing homeless encampments. Um, but I, I think my sort of summary of this, right, is the kind of evil fucking hypocrisy of saying... Oakland is a place with like a, a culture and an art scene that we are proud of that makes it a sort of a vibrant and diverse place to live. Um, and we are doing everything we can to make the conditions of working in that kill you. Um, if you want your city to have culture and art that is not just like Jeff Koons shit, then it needs to house the people who make those things. And if you want to not murder those people, then it needs to house them affordably and safely. And no one is interested in doing it, as far as I can tell, anywhere. And it's yes. just, it's so fucking bleak. Yeah. No. It's, it's just not, it's, it's not compatible with the modern financialization of real estate and, you know, buildings and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it, 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 we, we're in a, a culture devoid of art, and this is one of the reasons why. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, so something, something fucking Werner Herzog said um, in in his autobiography that one of the sort of impetuses for making all of his like weird shit is that he thinks that humanity is like running out of images, right? That doesn't have new images anymore. Mm. Um, and Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I. I think when you make it impossible for people to to create new images, you kind of like cut yourself off culturally. I'll buy that. Yeah, look at how much of the culture is focused around nostalgia these days. I mean, you know, the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, th this has been this has been the the sad and angry presentation that Liam and I put together. Um, what 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 have we learned, if anything? Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I'm so fucking angry. I, I did the research for this, and I'm still so fucking angry. And I yeah. feel, yeah, genuinely. just beleaguered. Uh, light BlackRock CEO on, uh, I guess is is where we'd start. What we need is old fashioned Viennese public housing. I just mm. saw an article on that for artists. Yeah, and everyone. It yeah. should be for everyone, obviously. Yeah. Oh, but I want a kitchen. Please a lot of this uh, 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 Viennese public housing had kitchens. Don't I worry. No, it does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is this is sort of this is uh, the, the, the 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 root of everything comes down to you know I uh, it should just be cheaper to live. Yeah, yeah. And it should be possible. You shouldn't need to live in the fringes of society and be punished for being there. Yeah. 
That's, yeah. that's some bullshit. You should not have to have a podcast in order to make a living wage. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is this is undignified labor. You know. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, Still like six hundred bucks a month to live here. I paid less than that in the same year to live in Philly. I... <laughs> it's it's it is legitimately insane in California. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's not sustainable. No, it's not. And the fucking whole thing is going to sink. I had a whole safe, room. So. <laughs> yeah, I I I know. I paid six ninety five a month to live in West Philly uh, with my ex girlfriend, and so I paid like three fifty in a one bedroom. I, I I pray God my landlord never remembers I exist, right? Because he doesn't do anything for me, but he never puts the rent up either. So it stayed there at the low go. market rate for the last like ten years. Yeah, uh, it's an absolute shithole. I hate it. I can't wait to move to London. But the problem is, every time I look at moving to London, moving to London becomes five thousand percent more expensive. Right. Uh, you gotta you gotta advertise yourself. Good tenant doesn't complain. House won't burn down. <laughs> Yeah, just like a like a selfie of you like smiling with both arms <laughs> up. <laughs> Comes with husband. Yeah. Please help. Mm, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, we have a segment on this podcast called Safety Third. Sure. Shake hands with danger. I missed you, Safety Third. I Hello, missed Raj. you too, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't give it a voice. Wow, wow. it has the same Hold voice. On, <laughs> Has the same voice, Steamboat Willie, now public domain. <laughs> yeah, Steamboat Willie third. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> I didn't realize Mickey Mouse hated cats so much until I watched it finally. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Well, I, guess that, I guess that makes sense on account of being a mouse. Mm, yeah, cats. cats have done horrible things to the mouse people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. I have met. I I've met Kitty Reckoned. I remember yeah, that. Kitty Reckonin. Uh, uh, milkshake as well. Milkshake has murdered several mice in the past few days. Not Toby. Brutally. Toby just stares at them because he's yeah. a big fat ass and he's old. <laughs> Toby's just Hello. like, ah, I cannot be bothered. I'm going to go lick myself again. Yes. Hello, Roz, Alice, yay, Liam, and Schrodinger's guest. No guest uh, today. Good enough. Good by, enough. By observing the lack of guest, we have we have collapsed that little quantum position. We actually murdered a guest and collapsed them into a non-guest waveform. Well, yeah. I mean, sort of many, many worlds, we have murdered infinite guests. Yeah, that's true. And we'll do it again! Pa-pow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do, the, you do the Danger 5 thing where you shoot someone over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I decided for this safety third, I would tell you guys about an incident I had in one of the few years I worked at a cargo airport. Oh, Ooh. But before we continue, allow me to quickly load Chekhov's gun. <laughs> I am strongly in the camp of planes should be feared and respected, but not because the act of flying is magic and goes against gravity. No, I fear and respect planes because planes are efficient ambush predators. <laughs> Let me explain. While working at this airport, if you walked up to any ground crew member and asked them for a piece of advice about working ground crew, they would tell you, planes sneak up on you oh it's like trains in a train yard yes you, you get they become scenery yes i do not know how or why this happens but my theory is that planes move kind of slowly when they're on the ground and you can't hear the engines from so far away that by the time a plane gets within a hundred feet of you your brain has turned any noise the plane makes into white noise and tunes it out several times 
I ampersand hash uh, pound sign oh, 39 semicolon been <laughs> sitting around. Ah, I see milkshake has uh-huh. been at the controls again. Yeah. And get the feeling of being watched only to look up and see a plane barreling towards me. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, planes sneak up on you. All right, firmly in mind. Yeah. Now that Chekhov's Galan is now well, loaded. Chekhov's gun, not Glun, gun, <laughs> is loaded and on the table. We can continue on to the incident, TM. I hate the incident, TM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On that night, I was in charge of driving the belt around. Seen oh. here, I imagine. Seen here, the belt. If you have seen ground crew loading luggage into a plane, congratulations. You've seen the belt. If not, I include a picture of one. What do you need to know about these belts in particular is that they sucked. Hmm. Some That would be the tube, surely. Anyway, some oh, were better than others, but not by much. <laughs> one night I had a really terrible one. The engine would die on me randomly, and I have to spend a second turning the ignition a few times to get it back on. I told my supervisor this, and he said, the night was almost over. Can you tough it out? Cool. And then he changed the subject. <laughs> then he changed the subject to tell me we needed to go to a plane on the other side of the building we were working off of. If you've never driven on an airport ramp before, the planes have the right of way, and all other non-plane vehicles have to drive around the planes on a one-way road. They are pretty big. Non-plane vehicles might also have to cross the plane taxiway. I'll include a picture, so hopefully this makes more sense to the audio listeners like myself. Um. So <laughs> I'm a little confused. You know, the only reason I understand this is I grew up going to Washington Dulles International Airport where they had the big mobile lounges. So you got the full airplane service vehicle experience mm. whenever you went anywhere. Just just I just I'm just let it wash over me, you know? Yeah, it's like, okay, back in the day before they did 9-11, um, you could just go to the airport and look at planes. Yeah, that was the good times. But in order to get to the terminals where you could see the planes better, you could, you would have to take the mobile lounge out there. So I, you know, got to go on the mobile lounge a whole lot and understand the process of not getting yourself killed by a plane. Anyway, that's a tangent. Um, Well done, bud. Yeah. All was going well up until the moment I began to cross the taxiway. About halfway across, my belt once again died, causing me to stop dead in the middle of the taxiway. That's the star on the map oh, here. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Right in the yeah. middle of the junction. Okay. Yes, exactly. No problem, I thought. I had checked for planes before crossing, and every time this has happened throughout the night, one or two turns of the ignition turn the engine back on. But this time... I was wrong. Oh, boy. No matter how many times I tried the ignition, the engine would not turn back on. Quickly, I went into panic mode, trying to wave someone down to help me while calling my supervisor repeatedly and constantly trying the ignition. Much to my dismay, no one noticed my frantic waving, and my supervisor was not answering my calls, and the engine still wasn't turning back on. Anxiety nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I sat there. I sat there on the taxiway, trying this for about a minute before I remembered I need to be checking for planes. Mm. I looked up into my horror. One had gotten off of the runway when I wasn't looking and was a few hundred feet from me on the main taxiway running parallel to the runway. 
<laughs> Not taking my eyes off the plane out of fear of losing it, I gave up on flagging someone down and calling my supervisor. I quickly pocketed my phone. I unbuckled my seatbelt. I got one hand on my backpack while the other hand was still relentlessly trying the ignition, and I decided that a plane turned towards me. I would ditch the belt and make a run for safety. Much to my horror, the plane had begun its turn onto the taxiway I was stuck on. I made up my mind. I tried to try the ignition one last time before jumping ship. And this, for whatever reason, was the golden one because the engine roared back to life. Not wasting a single second to process what had happened, I slammed my foot onto the gas pedal and broke every airport traffic rule and speed limit, hauling it out of there and away from the plane. Indiana Jones shit. This is why the Top Gear airport service vehicle <laughs> race was actually a public service. Yes. <laughs> I quickly made it to the dock I needed to go to, only to see my supervisor sitting on his phone. I pulled the belt up and parked it so fast and so close to him that he probably thought I was about to run him over. I still had one oh, hand in my bag, and I wasn't buckled in, so I fell slash jumped off of the belt. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, be the belt shows up at its maximum speed of 15 miles an hour, and this brand motherfucker <laughs> just like, falls off of it, like eyes the size of dinner plates. <laughs> I like how I like how uh, this submitter capitalized capital T the capital B belt. Mm, oh, you gotta respect the belt. Yeah, you gotta respect the belt, or the belt won't respect you. <laughs> <laughs> My supervisor, upon seeing me, happily said, "Hey, I saw you called me. What do you need?" Fuck you, man. <laughs> the chillest man in the world. Yeah. Despite the whole event probably lasting only two or three minutes, I had called that man at least one hundred times. I began to scream and curse him out and told him I had just played chicken with a plane because that hunk of junk and I would not be stepping foot on it again. His solution was not to call maintenance, but to point out another person, ampersand pound sign 39 <laughs> semicolon S belt that had been left unattended nearby and simply to use that one instead. What, GTA rules? Yeah. <laughs> Knowing I wasn't going to win the battle and maybe also coming down from the adrenaline high, I took a picture of my belt's identification number. I walked over and took one else ampersand pound sign 39 <laughs> semicolon S belt. I spent the rest of the night with my ear to the ground listening for another person to end up in my situation. But I never did. Using that picture I took, I never used that belt again, even if it was the only one available. Outstanding. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 scared of planes in a whole new dimension now. Thank you for that. You might run over the guy who drives the belt. Yeah, right. <laughs> I Most... I don't want to harm the belt guy. I don't want to harm yeah, ground I stuff. Uh, I I'm only gonna harm the catering truck. Um, <laughs> you have a like specific vendetta. For, yeah, what's the what's the, the catering what's, thing? The hierarchy of airport service vehicles. Yeah. Oh yeah, that 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 yeah. catering truck's been getting like way too up itself. Like yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, I only respect the the belt and the baggage trolley. You don't Maybe, respect the air stairs. Uh, uh, air stairs, no. Nah, air, air stairs, air stairs. I don't respect. That's why I get around by being a hop on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you're if you're in that situation, don't even bother. Just deploy the emergency slide. The only reason that I um the only reason I respect the the airplane fuel truck is because it will explode if I fuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, 
I like this. I like I like having airport safety thirds. They're fun. Oh, yeah, this is very yeah. good. Yeah, give us if more you, airport if, ones. If you've had a comical experience with an airport service truck, please send it in. 100%. <laughs> Our next episode will be on Chernobyl. Does anyone have any commercials before we go? Yeah, I, I got to do, for the sake of my autism and everyone listening, the end of the safety third segment. That was safety third. Oh, that yep. was safety third, yes. Shake hands for danger. Now our next episode. Out of practice. We're out of practice. That's right. Now our next episode will be the uh, Chernobyl disaster. Yes. Um, yeah, our commercials. We have a shirt that you can you can buy to cover your nakedness. Yes. Um, we, we have done it. We will put a link to it in the description, I hope. Um, and yeah, d- check out all of our other podcasts. Thank you for your patience with us on this one. Uh, and uh, we will fix the workflow or perish. Uh, yeah, one of the two. I'm, I'm um, really hoping for fixing the workflow. I don't. We're, want to we're fixing the work. Yeah. We're fixing the work. Yeah. Um, I was on Trash Future, which was fun, but it's on mm. their Patreon, so you have to give Alice more money to listen yes. to it. Yes, yes, give me more <laughs> money, please, please give me more money. Um, I think that. That's all the commercials. Uh, yeah, that's all of them. Yeah. So uh, we have a Patreon where you can listen to our bonus episodes. We're going to record one right now, actually, and it'll be up in a bit. It's on yeah. Art Nouveau. Um, mm. Yeah. So Art Nouveau. Uh, other than that, I think that was a podcast. Yeah. That is a podybody. podcast. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, feed is in.